everybody. This is Maggie Hart from the Positude Shows. Tonight's show is a Positude powwow, and it will be part two of our continuing story regarding prophecy with Peter Kling. So without any further ado, I'd like to bring Peter on. Peter, can you hear me? Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on again. I really appreciate this. My We're going pleasure. to continue on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We're going to continue on, and I'm just going to let you roll and, and talk about where we left off the last time regarding prophecy in the Bible. Uh, if I recall correctly, we were talking about what's going on a lot in, in Washington and how uh, I'm a, I live out in the country. <laughs> Not your chickens, it's my dog, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. <laughs> they, they usually don't come over on this side of the house, but uh, I guess they're looking for the last few uh, grasshoppers that have been around. So, uh, <laughs> yep, and, and now there's a crowing contest going on. Okay. But, but hey, I, I, you got to love it, except I will shut that window down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, he's probably not going to leave anytime fine. soon. He, he, he's claiming his territory out there, wants everybody to know where he is and what's good. And, and, and you know, <laughs> that's really something that, that, that I enjoy before we get, you know, into our subject. That's really something I enjoy, and it's because of our subject of prophesying and comprehending the prophecies that that has made me move where I live. It's not exactly where I want to be, but you know what? I, I was given an opportunity here by a friend, uh, and I have an agreement with him right now, and he gave me a house to live in, So, <laughs> which is not too far from our building project, which is totally off the grid, and, and that's great because there's nothing like being off the grid. You don't have those no 5G coming. Uh, we barely have cellular, although they are putting up a new tower, which will at least we'll be able to make a phone call. It's because we there's not all of that electromagnetic pulsing and, and microwave bou uh, bouncing around. Believe it or not, you can feel that compression on your body when you, it's not around. When you're off the grid for, for several weeks, you have this overwhelming feeling of freedom. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's such a fantastic feeling. If you come back on, you can literally okay. feel the compression from all of the magnetic waves that, that are around us, all the electromagnetic waves, because we they see it's pulsing, hello, and it beats at a, at a rate which is panic for our brain. So we, we only harm ourselves, and we're not even aware of it. That's the wild thing. We're not even aware of it. We use technology that, that harms us, and it, we think that we're having an advantage in life. But if you really want to feel true freedom, go, go off the grid for a few weeks. Oh, unbelievable. But, yes, yeah, so it, it's, it's the prophecies that last time about the prophecies uh, uh, concerning what was going on in Washington. And I don't recall if we actually uh, uh, covered this or not. But the Jewish high court, the, the Jewish Sanhedrin, two days after Trump was uh, elected president, they tapped both President Trump and President Putin, uh, or I say President-elect Trump at that time, to play the part of the greater Cyrus, uh, or Cyrus the Great, and build Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. Now, if you don't know the, the history behind this, uh, Cyrus the Great was a Persian, essentially uh, occupying the land of Iran. Darius, uh, who was his counterpart, Darius was a Mede, and that was essentially the area of like Afghanistan and Pakistan, that area there. And they teamed up together, and they actually overthrew the Babylonian Empire. And they did it without firing a shot. They diverted the Euphrates River, they dried it up. And they literally walked in under the gates and took over the city while uh, Babylon, the, city, the people of Babylon, was, were in a, having one of their high celebrations and they were all drunk. It was a drunken orgy that was going on. And the, the Medes and the Persians took advantage of it. And now this was after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Well, I should say the Jews were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And here... Uh, Cyrus the Great and Darius the Mede essentially release them from Babylonian captivity and repatriate them back to Israel for the rebuilding of Solomon's temple. And so that was what the Jewish Sanhedrin court 
in uh, no, on November 10th, 2016, was basically asking Trump and Putin to do. Now, after that, we get all this Russian collusion. Oh, Trump's colluding with the Russians. Wait a minute. Who would be against rebuilding Solomon's temple? Oh, maybe the people of Babylon. Well, who would play the role of Babylon the Great today or Babylon today? And what we find it is actually the Vatican. And that takes us to a whole bunch of interesting prophecies which are wrapped up in Revelation uh, Revelation chapter 17 and 18. Um, but just to, to look at the Vatican for a second, uh, if we examine what has been going on there, especially, uh, it started actually with Pope John Paul I, where they, they ha had the uh, Council of uh, Assisi, I believe it was, where they were starting to unite religions around the world. And this was in coordination with what the United Nations was planning, is to establish a one world religion, which would essentially be focused to take care of the planet, to live as one with the planet, which uh, most uh, American Indian, uh, or I should say Native American uh, religions or, or beliefs are tied around the planet itself. So that was the design for the one world religion, or is the design for the one world religion. But the Vatican doesn't want to lose its power. Keep this in mind. That's why in September of 2015, we saw uh, Pope Francis standing in America's holy places. Uh, that told Peter it was time to get out of town and head for the mountains. Uh, that's based on a prophecy in, in Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 15 and six, uh, verses 15 and 16, if you want to look that one up. Uh, anyway, yeah. but mm -hmm. uh, for time, we're not going to. We're going to go a little further. But what we saw in, at that time period, and this is right at the end of the Tetra Blood Moons, was Pope Francis standing literally in America's holy places. Now, let's keep in mind that America was built on or was started with the promise of separation of church and state. It was the only country at the time. It was the very first country to separate church and state. Why? Because our founding fathers knew that churches created monarchies, and we did not want a monarchy here in the United States. At least they didn't. And so that was one of the prohibitions. So what was the Pope doing standing at the uh, in the rotunda of the Capitol telling America's lawmakers what to do? Why was he at the White House palling it up with Barack Obama? And why was he standing in front of Independence Hall, the place where it all started? They're telling the American people what they need to do. Seriously? Yeah. And so we hear, we see religion on the back of a government. Oh, you mean like the great whore of Babylon on the back of a wild beast. Now, all pro with prophecies in the Bible, whenever it refers to any kind of a wild beast, whether it be a bird, lion, or a bear, you know, like an eagle, <laughs> a bird, <laughs> uh, a lion, like, you know, England, a bear, like Russia. They're beasts. They're governments. So whenever there is a beast, it is a government. And in Revelation chapter 13, we get a composite beast, one with seven heads, ten horns. Uh, now, seven world powers, ten kingdoms that, that ran those world powers. They're still in existence. Today's world power is, oh, the superpower of the United States. How did we get here through England, which ruled the seas for 200 years? And so the, the last of the seven heads would be, uh, and this is out of Revelation 13, would be England and the United States. What was Trump doing over in England? What, telling uh, Theresa May to get her act together and telling the Queen it's time for her to step down? Why? Oh, because yep. she's involved in child trafficking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, the two mo the, the the two biggest money makers on the planet are, are number one, drug trafficking still, and human trafficking number two. Human. Yes, yeah. and, and so the the human trafficking is up to about forty five million people are, are being trafficked and enslaved. And think of this: this is the twenty first century. The twenty first century, we've got forty five million people who are who are slaves, literal slaves. They belong to other people doing menial tasks. Uh, many of them, especially the children, are involved in the sex trade. And then we can yeah. get deeper and go down a deeper path. But it, it's all, this is a 
the second largest money-making operation on the planet. Now, we go back to what, what Trump's uh, executive order was on December 21st, 2017, uh, which first he declares a national emergency, a state of national emergency. So the United States is under national emergency. Don't make any mistakes about that. Uh, and then uh, the executive order goes after human rights violators and conspiracy. And under human rights, it specifically targets those involved in child trafficking. Under conspiracy, it specifically targets those who have used the government for personal gain. You, you know, kind of like if you're being paid uh, $187,000 as a congressman a year, how do you explain that you've amassed over $100 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if you've worked in the government and your salary is $100,000, how come you're a millionaire? Oh, you saved every dime you made? Mm, I'm thinking not. (laughs) So so where's this coming from? Where's this money coming from? They're all part of a being above the law. And that takes us to where we're actually going to kind of start, even even though we've been into the show for, for a little bit. Second Thessalonians, this is where this all gets exposed. If we go to Second Thessalonians, the third verse, Second Thessalonians, second chapter, the third verse, it says, let no one seduce you in any manner because it will not come, meaning the, the end of the system of evil. It will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness gets revealed, the son of destruction. He is set in opposition and lifts, lifts himself over everyone who is called God or an object of reverence so that he sits down in the temple of God, publicly showing himself to be a God. Now, you know, this is a man of lawlessness. Who plays the position of being God's spokesman on the planet? Has not, well, the Pope, of yeah, I was going to say, has not the Catholic Church claimed that the Pope is God's spokesman? How many people realize yeah. that we have an, an illegal Pope, a Jesuit Pope? Jesuit. Jesuits, by, by Catholic law, are not allowed to be Pope. Ooh, a lawless Pope. Now, it, the way that the church is structured, it, there's the clergy side, but there's also the knights side, as in the Knights of Malta. It used to be the Knight, Knights Templar, which this I understand they're bringing back, but the Knights Templar were created over a thousand years ago to go into the Middle East, recapture the Holy Land. Interestingly enough, they became the, the second most powerful entity in Europe next to the church itself. And you see, they were above the law of the land and they were, they didn't have to pay attention to what all the other kings uh, told them to do because they only answered to the Pope. And the Knights Templar are credited with uh, creating our current, what is our current banking system. Oh, you mean the central banking system? Uh, the Rothschild banking cabal? Zionists. How about that? Nothing changed. A thousand years and nothing has changed in banking. Only we have been plunged deeper into debt. So the the world continues to spin. And so do the prophecies continue to be fulfilled. So now we have this whole class, uh, the, the knighthood, and all of the knighthood is above, still above the law of the land. And so we look at people like the Clintons and say, how did, how did they get away with this? Well, it's not just the Clintons. You see, Reagan was a Knight of Malta. Uh, the Bushes are all Knights of Malta. Uh, Prescott Bush, oh, oh, not, not him himself, but all of his sons and his grandsons are all Knights of Malta, which means they answer only to the Pope. They are above the law of the land. They can literally get away with murder, or can they? You see, somebody has to cover it up. So somebody's complicit in all this. And that's why the swamp has to be drained. Now, here's the thing, getting back to, and that's what we're seeing going on in Washington, is this man of lawlessness class gets revealed. Prophecy in play. So what what are we going to see? Well, the man of lawlessness class, these swamp monsters got, or at least half the swamp monsters got their orders from the Pope. There was only one person in Congress uh, while the Pope was giving his speech who broke down into tears and resigned his post, John Boehner. Everybody else was complicit. Everybody else in that audience was complicit in following a religious leader's determination for the future of the United States which means they all committed treason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every last one of them. 
That's fact. They all committed treason. And so here you have a, a, a president who's standing up against this, and he's hated. Why? Because the rest are still under the control of the Vatican. You see, they're all involved in the same things, drug trafficking, child trafficking, ch child molestation, child sacrifice in some cases. They're all dirty. They're all in the business. That's how they all mm -hmm. got all, well, not all of them, but I'm sure a large portion of them got this financial endowment, which uh, is really unexplainable. If they were only making a couple, you know, a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars a year, how do you amass hundreds of millions? Interesting. Yeah, right. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it what's it? It pays to be get in politics and be a rat. So this is what we're going to be seeing, and this is all going to lead. You know, like they say, all roads lead to Rome, and indeed, this is all going to be leading right to Rome, because that's just the way it is. And if you notice, take a look at who is not running for re-election and question why. Pennsylvania, in the Pittsburgh area, and what they do with the, with the bishop that was in charge of covering that up? Oh, they made him a cardinal and moved him to Washington. Uh, Washington, D.C., the center of the swamp, the, the target of pure evil, pure satanic evil, mm -hmm. lives in Washington, D.C. Yep. So when you want to drain the swamp, that there's a big swamp to drain there, but they can only drain half, half the swamp monsters. You see, it's the Jesuits that they're going after now. Nobody's saying anything about the Zionists. Nobody's saying anything about that part of the uh, crew. But, oh, we've got all this pedophilia going on with all of these priests and, and bishops and cardinals who are supposed to be protecting our children, not raping them. Think about that. Being exposed. Ask yourself where 800,000 children vanish to every year out of the United States alone. Think about that. So when we start looking at the facts, start looking for answers. People are afraid mm -hmm. to face the truth because they can't take the truth. Oh, I don't want to hear it. No, I don't want to talk about it. It's too gruesome what they do to kids. Face it. That's the only way we could stop it. Expose yeah. it. You see, all yeah. of this satanic worship will be exposed before it is destroyed. Now, you know, people are waking up to this. They're actually hearing a call that's going out. You'll never hear me talk about church dogma or doctrine. You'll never hear me say, oh, you're a blessed soul. You know, continue to do what you're going to do. You're going to go to heaven because the meek inherit the earth. You see, right. the earth is our home. You want to die? Right. Hey, that's up to you. Most people, even when they get old, don't want to die. Not unless they're really in excruciating pain whether it's physical or mentally, you know, one can lead to the other. But healthy people want to live. And the truth is, there's nobody on this planet that's older than 10 years old. Oh, what are you talking about, Peter? You lost your mind. No, 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 it's true. It's <laughs> our, our, our bodies totally rebuild themselves every 10 years. The problem is every time our DNA duplicates or replicates, we lose a set of telomeres. And when we run out of telomeres, our DNA unravels and then our organs fail. And so then death becomes us. However, that was not the original plan. That was not the original design. But here's the thing. The church has lied to the people since its inception. And I don't care what religion you are, the church has lied to you. Because if the church didn't lie to you, they would tell you that there's that our hope isn't in heaven or hell. That hell isn't hot. Hell became hot because they found out, oh, we can get people to come to church. You know, some people like horror movies. You know, that's yeah. why some people like roller coasters. You know, what entertainment did they have back to, you know, 1500 years ago in the dark ages? Oh, let's go to church. The, the, the priest is going to tell us about hell. You know, think about Dante's yeah. Inferno. <laughs> 
you know, and so they get this whole big gruesome thing and they're scared and they're frightened. What makes us sinners is the fact that we have corrupted DNA. But regardless, the church is never going to tell you any of this. And so when we look at who is signified as Babylon, now I'm going to just drop back here. Here's the thing. The Vatican owns 70% of the city of Jerusalem, including all of the real estate around the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount right. actually is not is not the Temple Mount. Where the Dome of the Rock is built, that is the foundation for the Roman garrison uh, or the Roman fort, which held uh, housed the garrison, which occupied uh, Israel during the first century. The Temple Mount is that little mound across the way near that pool that keeps on bubbling up where the people used to cleanse themselves before going into the temple. You see, if they cleansed themselves at that pool and then walked all the way over to where the Dome of the Rock is located, they'd be dirty again. They wouldn't be allowed to go in, so they'd have to go back to the pool and re-cleanse themselves. And then by the time they got, (laughs) nobody would ever get to the temple. (laughs) So (laughs) where the temple needs to be built is not where the Dome of the Rock is. It's on real estate that is owned by the Vatican. Right. Think about that. Now, do you think the Vatican is going to give the real estate to Israel so they can build their temple and then have the house of Yahweh built on the, on the planet? You know, the, the, the Hebrew temple is, is where Yahweh resided within the most holy. Well, the representation of him through the Shekinah light, which was a, a, a ball of energy that was constantly in the most holy right up until Jesus' death. Then the Mosaic law was fulfilled. The Shekinah light went out. The curtain, which was an 18-inch leather curtain between the holy and the most holy, was ripped in two by an earthquake, so they, so they say. But yes, it, was, it yes. was literally ripped in two. How do you rip leather in two? I'm not quite sure, but I think it, t- it would take a little bit more than an earthquake to do that. Uh, obviously, Father Yahweh's displeasure at the death of his son. Mm-hmm. Now, what? here's an interesting thing. You know what made... Jesus not a sinner? Well, he was God's son. Well, that's true, but aren't we all God's children? See, what made Jesus not a sinner is that he had perfect human DNA. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. when his blood was poured upon the ground, he satisfied the debt that Adam uh, enslaved us with when he literally sold his soul to the entity that we call devil or Satan. How many people on this planet have sold their soul to Satan? become devil worshipers, satanic worship, part of the satanic empire. You know, the first prophecy tells their future. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I shall put enmity, speaking to the serpent, I shall put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and you will strike him in the heel, but he will bruise you in the head. Now, if you've ever bruised your heel or, or, or got hurt in the heel, it, it hurts. You're going to have to walk on your tiptoes for a while. But if you get a headshot, you're dead. Game now, over. Yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. Who was the woman? Was it Eve? No, 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 no. This was God's woman. This was Father Yahweh's woman. The, the, the seed that was going to bring the Messiah. Of all, If you're listening to this show, chances are you're part of that seed. You're part of that, that, that woman's seed. Because you have goodness in your heart, you have love in your heart, you look around at this world and you say, why are these things happening? Why are things so bad? It's got to change. I hope the aliens can save us. No, no, it's not the aliens. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you see, we're the woman see, but we're also waking up. We're also becoming aware. Some of us are becoming aware of our own power, which is great because you know what? God said, let us make man in our image. And so in his image, he made them both male and female. You go to Genesis chapter two, and there's the direct creation between Father Yahweh and his baby, the newborn, Adam. And then from Adam, Eve was genetically engineered. It's right there, all in scripture. So we essentially are Adamites and of the woman's seed because there are also Adamites that are of the serpent's seed. They carry a heavy reptilian load. And so they're hearts. They're the ones who sacrifice our children. 
They're the ones who are involved in trafficking drugs, trafficking humans, doing harm to others for their own personal gain. Now, here's the interesting thing. The serpent seed is going to be totally wiped out. So enjoy your pleasures while you can, because you'll be wiped off this planet totally. The satanic empire is going to fall. And you see, it starts with first the destruction of religion. And the satanic empire will say, well, we're winning. No. You see, because there's an edict that's given, if you go to Revelation, the 18th chapter, the fourth verse, it says, and I heard another voice out of heaven say, get out of her, my people, if you do not want to share in her sins, and if you do not want to receive part of her plagues, for her sins have amassed clear up to heaven, and God has called her acts of injustice to mind. Render to her, even as she rendered, and do to her twice as much, yes, twice the number of things she did. So those who are connected to this, and this is talking about Babylon the Great, it's talking about a religious empire who has done nothing but harm to the people. And what does it say? Get out of her, my people if you do not want to share in her sins, and people are leaving the church in droves. The problem is this. Some of them have turned to the light. Some of them have looked for the goodness, while others have left and gone even deeper to the dark side. They've even indulged deeper into satanic things. It's evident. It really becomes evident. So here again, we're learning something new from Peter. Jehovah God, Yahweh, says to the serpent, and I shall put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you in the head and you will bruise him in the heel. He's teaching us that this is not Eve, but God's woman. So let's take a little break right here. And I'm going to play an intermission song for my good buddy, Pat Carr, called Mean Street. Because Pat Carr doesn't like anybody messing with his woman either. When it comes to my baby, I've got a mean street two miles wide. When it comes to my baby, I've got a mean street two miles wide. So if you're messing with my woman, Such a stuck in the breath. 
if we go to Revelation number nine, which has a, a, a close, the fore part of this where it starts off is a uh, star falls from heaven and he's given the key to the pit of the abyss. So Tartarus, the pit of the abyss has been opened and the watchers who left their posts are all back on planet earth and any of the demonic forces or any of those higher entities that, that deserve to be locked up are now turned loose. And so this leads to a whole bunch of other consequences. But you see, it's interesting, as you read uh, Revelation chapter nine, it talks about a third, it actually starts giving numbers of, of the armies of heaven and uh, the, the satanic empire and who's involved in what, and an actual battle which takes place. But it, it talks about this. It says that uh, there would be three plagues. And by these plagues, a third of, uh, by these three plagues, a third of the men were killed from the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur, which, which issued forth from, this is actually the cavalry of the armies of heaven. So a third of the planet are destroyed by plagues. Now, those who are in charge see this. It goes on in verse 20. It says, but the rest of the men who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so they should not worship the demons and the idols of gold and silver and copper and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their spiritistic practices, nor of their fornication or their thefts. Interesting. You see, those in charge still do not repent. And so that's why there's actually a judgment coming where the king of kings, when we go to Revelation 19, the king of kings rules the nations with an iron rod destroying them. So that their future is coming up. But let's deal with what we've got going on right now. Because what's happening in Washington are the seeds, are the seeds of the religious religions end as we know it are being planted. As I said, the treasonist members of the government have to be exposed first. And then once they are exposed, that exposure will lead clear up to the Vatican through the clergy. It's interesting, the Vatican's going to be exposed not just from the clergy end, but also from the Knights of Malta, the Knights, all the knighthoods. I believe there's four or five different knights which the Pope controls, and that is the political wing. So there's the, the clergy wing, and there's the political wing, church and state. And so when we look at the 
the pictures that are be or the images that are being talked about in Revelation, we can start to identify the players. So if we look at Revelation chapter 17, it, it, John is being shown something here, and he's being shown something by an angel, and this angel carries him. Uh, into the wilderness in chapter three in verse three and it, it says uh, of chapter 17 and john says i caught sight of a woman sitting upon a scarlet colored wild beast that was full of blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns now this sounds very similar to the beast in revelation 13 only this one's scarlet colored scarlet indicates yeah. royalty okay mm-hmm. and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and was adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. You ever go into some of these real old churches with the gold altars and the precious stones in the cups? Uh, it, it's interesting. Go, going to South America, there's a lot of these churches in very, very poor, desolate towns. I remember a documentary done on one. There was over $20 million worth of gold and jewels in this one church alone. And yet the population lived just above poverty. Interesting. So all of these precious stones and pearls, and it says in her hand, she had a gold cup. Oh, interesting. How, don't we see the Pope holding up a gold cup? The priests holding up a gold cup? Now here's the thing. In this gold cup, it was filled with the disgusting things and the unclean things of her fornication. Fornication with who? Oh, let's continue. It says, upon her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of the harlots and the disgusting things of earth. And I saw a woman who was drunk with the blood of the holy ones and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. It should say the blood of children, too. Yes, it should say that. But you see, aren't the children holy ones? especially if they're children of of Father Yahweh. And you see, this is something where we all have to start taking our power back. If we're God's children, doesn't that make us gods? Ooh. Ooh. What do you mean we're gods? That's ridiculous. We're just poor little puny humans. No, we're, (laughs) we're infant child gods. Unfortunately, we're pretty darn retarded too. Well, that's the truth. You know, we are born with a lot of physical defects. We do not have perfect human DNA. And cosmically speaking, if we were to live to 100 years old, we would only be one, a little over a cosmic hour. Think about that. A thousand years is but a day. A thousand earth years is as a day to God. And a day to God is as a thousand earth years. Do the math. Right. So if right. you're living only a hundred years, that's only one tenth of a day. Think about yeah. it. We, 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 what? Less than an hour? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're born, we find our mother's breasts, we'd feed for a while, and we die, cosmically speaking. That's it. How much how much do we learn from the time that we come out of the womb till an hour after we're born? And you see, we think we're so smart. We're thinking right. of the pinnacle. Well, we created computers. They can do our thinking for us. Now we can only, now we can be it, totally idiots. What's that in your hand? It's a smartphone. Oh, smarter than you phone. I got it. Okay. I hope that, I hope you can learn something organically from that smartphone. But anyway, <laughs> organic knowledge. We have an EMP, your smartphone, and all your artificial intelligence will be worth nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How much organic intelligence do we have? Can you start a fire without a match? Hmm. Do you have the tools to start a fire without a match? Do you know what tools are needed to start a fire without a match? Hmm. I do. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You see, the more self-sufficient we can become, the the, the better off we are. Because we know that we live in a time of turmoil. Okay, so now we've identified this woman here, a mystery woman, Babylon the Great. If we look at history, we go back to a very interesting time. Guess what? It's the time that we get uh, religion and government. It's the Sumerian Empire. And you know where we get in, uh, religion and government from? Aliens. The Anunnaki. They came and they said, hey, we're gods. You're not. We have advanced technology. You don't. 
you're going to worship us because you're idiots. And see, that's what <laughs> happened. We get the start of the start of civilization comes about and we get religion and government. Now, when you look at the historical account, because you can't find this in the scriptures, what we find is that Nimrod, who does get a mention in Genesis, Nimrod, but the only mention he gets is that he's a mighty hunter in opposition to Father Yahweh. That's about it. Okay, move on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. But in history, he starts an empire, the Sumerian Empire. And he's obviously does it with the help of the Anunnaki. That's why he was in opposition to Father Yahweh. Now, according to the historical account, he woman Syrianus, and she's a prostitute. And he falls in love with what she can do. And he brings her back to Babylon with him. And he makes, him his, uh, she ma he makes her his consort. And eventually, she plies her trade so well, she becomes queen. And she has Nimrod killed. She has him actually torn apart during a drunken orgy, and they eat him raw. Yeah, it was the New Year celebration where they would normally do that to a, a, a special lamb that was raised for the year. Only that year, they substituted Nimrod for the lamb. Now, remember, this woman was a prostitute. So, And sometime after Nimrod was dead, she became pregnant. And she told, the now she's queen of Samaria, she told the people, oh, the baby is Nimrod incarnate, who's coming back to be with his people. And she gives birth to the star god, Tammuz. But she actually controls the Sumerian Empire. When we look at, really, Zionist Judaism, uh, we see the star of Nimrod, which is really the star of Molech. We see, we look at, uh, quote, Christianity, and what we see is a cross. Interesting. Now, we can talk about the cross here for a minute. First of all, the cross that we see is upside down. It should be turned the other way to be correct. Oh, but that's the satanic way. Well, you want it the correct way, right? Well, let's turn it the correct way and turn it upside down because that's what they do with children when they sacrifice and they tie them to a cross and then they start the bloodletting. And it's an right. inverted cross. And you see what the church is telling you. This is your God, the dead man on a stick who we sacrificed. And we're holding it upright like this. But really, the child of God is sacrificed upside down. Think about that. Your real God is the sunburst behind him. The sun. You notice how there's always a sunburst behind Christ on the cross? Yeah. yeah. In the Catholic Church, there is. And it's sun worship. Oh, who is the God of the sun? Uh, the first one, sun god king, Nimrod. Who are the other sun god kings? Oh, well, go into Egyptian history because that's really where, we, where the history of it all starts. We don't talk about the Tower of Babel and, and the Sumerian Empire within the scriptures. You have to go to the Sumerian text and get it from the, and learn about the Anunnaki there because the Bible isn't going to promote lies and falsehood. Although, oh, more people believe in the Anunnaki today than they do in the scriptures. Why? Because those who worship the Anunnaki were put in charge of the scriptures and they lied about them. Yeah, you right. see, we go back here. Here's where the, 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 the correlation is. The horror of Babylon, the horror of, the, of Samaria, the one that killed Nimrod, is what the church worships. Mary, the mother of God. No, Mary, the mother of Tammuz. Emperor Constantine, who was credited with starting the church, was a Mithra worshiper. And the church is based on Mithra worship. Now, if you want to know who Mithra is, go look it up. He was, he's known as the pagan Jesus. And, and, you know, people say, oh, there's lots of Jesuses. Yeah, they started with Tammuz. You see, the satanic empire got a head start. The church has been behind almost every war. And the Rothschilds and the banking cabals have financed it. Two popes supported Adolf Hitler. There was a Pope supporting what Barack Obama was doing. This Pope doesn't like right. Donald Trump too much. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Feelings mutual, Padre, I'm sure. So we see these different things happening now. Now it talks about the, this horror, uh, Babylon the Great. And here's the thing. We're going to go on here. It says that she's riding a beast. And it, in verse 8, it says, The beast that you saw was but is not and is yet to ascend out of the abyss. 
and it goes off into destruction. So this beast is a kingly beast system which religion rides. You know, it's religion which creates the monarchies. It was the vast, interesting thing. When the Roman armies marched into Europe, they couldn't conquer Germany. They couldn't conquer the Germans. They had to bypass Germany. It wasn't until the Holy Roman Empire came in that they were able to conquer all of Europe. And then through the uh, Reformation, that kind of backfired somewhat, but different sects. I don't know how you break up what Jesus said 40,000 different times, but whatever. Get out of her, my people, if you don't want to share in her sins. Religion is not the place to be. Spirituality, something totally different. Love for our creator, absolutely. Goes along with the, the greatest commandment. You must love Yahweh, your God, with your whole heart, soul, and mind. And the second, like it, you must love your neighbor as you do yourself. My neighbor's an idiot. I can't stand him. Let me ask you a question. If his house was on fire, would you try to get him out? If you say no, you must be a reptile. Yeah. Yeah. You must be a reptile. Yeah. You know, brave men and crazy people run into burning houses. <laughs> if you're neither yeah. one. That then that puts you on the, the you know if it comes down to saving somebody's life, someone who has a true heart will put their own life at risk to save someone else. That's what we Very call a, that's what we call a hero, mm -hmm. and we need a lot more of them in this world, not those who put other people's life at risk, but those who are willing to take the chance to do what's right. Ah, yeah, crazy, yeah. Guess what? You're reptilian. Yeah. That's what I you know, God, God bless, you know, our volunteer firemen and people like that, the people that responded to 9-11 and, you know, willingly gave their lives. It's it just, those are, those are who we should really be uh, respecting and paying more attention to because that's really the way that we should be living our lives, right? Absolutely. And not that we have to become volunteer firemen or, you know, people who, you know, the, the quote, first responders. Because it, that takes special training. It takes a commitment. It, it takes physical ability. Yet some people absolutely love doing it because, it, you know, the, whatever they get out of that. However, it, how much does it take to love our fellow man? How much does exactly. it take to show compassion? Mm-hmm. How much does it take to go out of your way to help someone? You see, yeah. it's the small things. You know, J Jesus said, you, you are faithful with small things. I'll, I'll make you part of my kingdom with large things. <laughs> you know, you got to double your talent. And so, hey, take the chance. Take the chance and do something positive and do it with the faith that you are one of God's children. You're a child of Father Yahweh. Move forward. It's just that simple. Once we accept that, we, we take on our godlike powers. Prophecy, Genesis mm -hmm. chapter 315, he will bruise you in the heel, but he will crush you in the head. How much does it take to put a serpent's head under your heel and crush it into the ground? Very little. Very little. The faith, yes. Peter, we have about four minutes left. It's flown again. I have not. <laughs> it goes so quickly with you. You have to be absolutely without question the easiest guest I've ever had on my show because I can just say, Peter, let's talk about this and let you roll. And there's so much to be learned from what you have to say. And, and I really hope that the listeners have enjoyed this because I always learn something. When I get to talk to Peter, it's, it's a privilege and an honor. And thank you very much for doing this show with me, as well as the, the two previous ones. And hopefully we'll have you on again. We have a constant fight until this is all over. And so I do want to thank you for the opportunity of uh, allowing me to come on to your show and help educate some folks. And, and you know, this, this is funny. I'm going to just throw this in as a side note. I started reading the Coburn Bible, which has absolutely nothing to do with the Holy Scriptures. The writers of the Coburn Bible 
these ancestors of ours who wrote this about 3,500 years ago, have a question. They want to know if we have found our God-given abilities. They want to know if we have found that we are of the divine and if we are living that way. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, something I've been saying for several years, but no, nothing's changed. People have not found their divinity. They do not realize that they are the gods and we are not living like gods. We are living in a satanically controlled world, which is soon going to come to an end. So take your godlike power and let's defeat the darkness, always in love and light. And I will say love and blessings to all. Have a great week. Thank you, Peter. Is there any contact information? Why don't you share your information really quickly with about a minute left? Absolutely. If you want to reach out for me, reach out for me on Facebook. If you'd like a copy of Letters to Earth, go to my website, peterkling.com. And uh, if you make a donation, I don't care what it is, a dollar to as much as you want to make, I will send you a PDF copy of Letters to Earth. It's no longer available online. I found the need to uh, change publishers. So uh, until we can get another publisher available, hey, I'll be more than happy to provide you with a, a PDF copy of it. So uh, there are great things coming. There are fantastic things in the work. I can't believe uh, all, the fan, all the great things that are coming since I've separated myself from darkness. And eventually I'll talk about it. But uh, stay tuned. Follow me on Facebook, and uh, we'll let you know what the, the, the absolutely fantastic things that are about to happen. Maybe about another week or two, we'll have it, everything put into place, and we should start rolling. But as I said, join me there. Right now, that's probably the best place to reach me. With that, I'm going to say love and blessings to all. Maggie, again, thank you very much. Hey, be strong. Take the fight. Claim your godship back. We are God's children. Amen to that. Thank you again, Peter. This has been another episode of the Positive Powwow. I would like to thank my good buddy, Pat Carr, for allowing me to use his music on my shows. Also to L&M Network. Please support the network. And thanks to all who listen, who donate, who contribute, and who support. Thanks, everybody. God bless, and have a good evening. <laughs>